1: Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept
0: PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go.
1: Hello, Jade. How are you today? I am really tired. You are shot. I am, but I'm here. Do you want to start off with highs and lows of the week or do you want to start with our fresh new segment? Oh, let's let's go with the segment. I'd love to hear it. So last week, live on air, you (laughs) lumped (laughs) a new segment on me, which was what's it called? Rude Rude or Fabulous. fabulous. And you used an example of an old lady that you yelled out to someone that they had to untuck their camel toe down the street now one of our beautiful listeners has sent in her rude or fabulous and look there's a common theme happening here it seems to be old people who think that they can say yes. whatever the fuck they want when they want old man yelled at me he needed sunglasses due to the glare from my white legs oh <laughs>
0: Why? I don't get why. Hang on. Is that rude or fabulous?
1: That's absolutely rude. There is nothing fabulous about that. Yeah,
0: I agree. That is rude. He's going in the rude basket. But why do the older generation feel necessary to tell us things like that? Because I just don't think they care anymore. But I remember my husband's dad a few years ago when, oh, before children, where I was real like, you know conscious of my body and blah 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 I walked in from being overseas and he's like oh Jade you've put on weight yeah 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 you look good you look like full and I went downstairs and burst into tears and Harry had to go up to his dad and go dad you can't say that to a girl like that's not nice he goes yeah but that I like people that are full and
1: I was like okay just stop That's like you hit me up when you were like, every time you tell me that I look well, I think you're insinuating that I've put on weight and my face looks (laughs) fuller. You look. Well, (laughs) you look well too. (laughs) Anyway, I'm doing a Swifty back on you and I'm telling you that I went rogue and created a new segment too on our Instagram stories during the week. We have two now. We have two segments now. We've gone from none to two. And this segment is mum hacks, but we don't want like boring mum hacks. We want those mum hacks that are like... Wizardry. No, no, they're like... I'm kind of embarrassed to even tell my mum friends I've been doing this. Oh, like yeah. things that are like really handy, but potentially frowned upon by yes. society. And my favourite one was pushing the pram with the sun purposely in my bub's <laughs> eyes to force them to shut asleep <laughs> in record time. Works every time. Has never failed me.
0: I okay. love that. A round of applause <laughs> to her. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Have you done that before? I have done that. I've done it a few <laughs> times and when they're newborns you're like oh yeah you'll be right and they do they have to close their eyes and go to sleep (laughs) because
1: so guys send us in slip on into our dick
0: That also goes into Rude or Fabulous. Is it Rude or is it Fabulous? I think it's Fabulous. That (laughs) is Fabulous.
1: (laughs) Boom. So, ladies, send in any Rude or Fabulouses you have this week or any cheeky little mum hacks that, you know, maybe are frowned upon, but we will find them incredible. Now, Jade, hit us with your highs and lows. You have had an eventful week.
0: I've had an absolute Barry of a week, but I've also had an absolute Ripper of a week. So we started... Tell us your (laughs) estranged.
1: Without telling us you're Australian, <laughs> Jack.
0: I went to Brisbane. I went on a two night date with my husband. We had an absolute ball together. It was so nice to reconnect with each other. And it's funny because it is just before we're about to talk about our relationships and go into that. So we recorded this before this conversation and it's just been really nice to have a shitty week of like niggling at each other and then go out and have pure time without children to have fun you know, funny conversations and have time to appreciate each other again. And you're like, oh, that is why I love you. Be reminded I, why I know you choose why to I, be yeah, with that person. Exactly. Yeah. So it was awesome. Unfortunately, then we were home. Wait, stop for a sec. Yes.
1: You put on Instagram, what are tips of things to do when your child childless. Oh, yeah. What did you end up doing? We did all of it. All the suggestions we did. So, what were the suggestions, Jay? Sophie.
0: Okay, we had a really nice time and it was really, really lovely and we ate heaps of food and stuff. So, <laughs> moving forward, my down, my low, my absolute low, and it's absolutely breaking my heart even having to say this. Yumi got double bounced off the trampoline because Rudy our puppy decided to chew two holes in the trampoline net mm. and the girls were on it and she just got literally thrown out onto the grass and she broke her wrist. So, mm. yeah, a tiny little baby to see that is just heartbreaking, but like they're so resilient. Like mm. she really just did it and you think having a broken arm you'd be in pain screaming. She sort of like ate an ice cream, she was walking around for a while, she was fine. And next minute yep yeah, she has to have a
1: cast on for three weeks and here we are so are you just gonna feed her like beige foods with no sauce like how does a two-year-old have a cast for three weeks without it just being a filthy mess it's going to be and this is
0: it she's a third child she's an absolute bush pig anyway so <laughs> she has she has already have the girls have drawn <laughs> nice the girls have drawn crappy texture things all over her cast and
1: there's dog hair on it like it's all just the things you were gonna find under there when that thing comes off is gonna be
0: but it it breaks my heart because she does like she's pulling it down to say off off and I said no babe it's it's (laughs) it's broken just leave it on Mm. so she's got to have that and get used to it but apparently from what all the doctors have said that you know if there's any time to break a, a bone it's when you're two. Oh,
1: fabulous. Yeah. Well, that's a little icing hey, on the cake. Hey, uh,
0: actually, when we did the Beyond Play segment with Fisher Price, I remember someone wrote in their daughter or son broke their arm and then they went and got the cast off to celebrate and went up the coast and as soon
1: as the child got out of the car. <laughs> no, it, the poor parents, their child had, be- had hip dysplasia and so they had their That had their hips braced for the first however many months of life. And it was, they got the brace off and went away (laughs) on a weekend to celebrate, tripped up the driveway, and the kid broke his leg. And so had to have a cast. (laughs) And I was like, look, the mum laughs now. So we're allowed to laugh too. But it's just kids in casts, it's like such a nightmare.
0: And I just want to say, we also, on the back of this, we did go away with the children after, like, we met up with my wonderful parents who looked after the girls and we spent a few nights away with everybody which was absolute magic but my husband and I get home every time after a holiday you need
1: a holiday from your holiday we adjust?
0: like like what you
1: should have done is done yes, the I family part I said that. first and then the couples said, sex marathon second shut <laughs> up you dirty 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 girl dirty dog how are you your highs and lows I've had a great week this week I feel like and we'll get into this more in in this episode, but I feel like we've found a good routine at the moment of family time, Nick and my time together our time. own individual time yeah I just feel like you've just got to constantly reassess because things are always changing but we just seem to be in a good groove at the moment and my high is during the week I went and did a clay workshop. Did where you like we, it? It was so it was fun. much fun it was. What'd you there, make? There was eight of us there and everyone was told to make a vase and I thought oh it's like kind of the same shape as a vase so I made a jug but it's gonna be <laughs> (laughs) for wine. (laughs) The lady taking it was like, you can put your utensils in there. I was like, "Oh, I can put wine in it. I'm like, Nick will get home to cook. And the bottom of the wooden spoon will just be like red. And he'll be like, what the fuck have you been putting in this thing? I'm like, nothing. Like got red wine all around my mouth. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's only 4.30 PM. But it was so much fun. It's one of those things that, you know, I love going and like doing Pilates or like going for a walk and those kind of things, but you have to consciously switch off. Whereas with this, I think because I was so focused on what I was making, I had no choice, but to switch off to everything else. And I felt so present in it and just couldn't think of anything. I was just thinking of what I was making. So it felt so, so good. I did that a few months ago and
0: I made a dog bowl for Rudy and I'm still yet to pick it up.
1: Well, he doesn't deserve it anyway because he's, he, he's yeah. eaten holes in the trampoline. Yeah, he's so. done. He's in the bad books. Low of the week. I don't really have that many lows. If you don't equal my low. Oh, I have nothing to even slightly rival your low. The only low was yesterday I had one of those days where you look at the clock and you just go, how's it 9 o'clock? Oh, I love that. You know, <laughs> where you just like, it surely it's at least in the PMs. And I'm talking like at least 2, 2.30. How is it 9 a.m.? And you just go how am I going to get through, through the today? Day. And you do, you do every time. And I'm just like, why when they're at daycare do you suddenly look up and you're like, shit, it's three, like got, still got to do this, this and this, whereas when they're home you look and you're like, oh, God, it's 9am, like this is a struggle. I have another low just quickly. Oh, God, really? Yeah,
0: but it happened two weeks ago. Oh, I just didn't tell you guys last week because I was really ashamed of myself, but I'm just going to put it on there. So I got really, really, really sick drinking
1: alcohol. Like You got really drunk is how you say that. Stop trying to word that (laughs) differently. No,
0: I had alcohol poisoning, so feel sorry for me. And I haven't been able to have wine since. Hang on, just getting a tissue.
1: (laughs) Let me get the violin out. That's all. I haven't. It's really sad. Well. That is sad, but I'm sure you've replaced it with something else. Now, let's talk about today's episode. I know that at the start of every episode, we say, We can't always promise this will be PG. So please be mindful around little ears. We really mean that this week. We have listened back to this episode. And apparently, when we're talking about postpartum relationships, we both get incredibly fiery and drop a lot of F bombs. Sophie, Sophie more so than me. I was just potty mouth for this one. So yeah, I would recommend maybe listening to this one with headphones (laughs) definitely but we hope you enjoy it mum dad my mum-in-law my father-in-law my whole family anyone I've ever actually met face to face in real life please just tune out now and don't listen yeah and if you do don't tell me you've ever listened because that just is so so cringy but we hope you love it because we think it's a topic that needs to be talked about more we hope you enjoy
0: well I think we can all agree that relationships are not always sunshine, blowjobs and rainbows <laughs> following the birth of our children.
1: What are blowjobs again? <laughs> I'm really nervous. Why? Like what if I get on a mad tangent yes. and just air all this like dirty laundry. dirty laundry. And I'm like, look, I think I have a really healthy relationship with Nick But of course, there's always things that shit you to tears. No relationship is perfect. And then throw two children that are just little like grenades in on your relationship and, you know, no judgment out there to any person. But once I had children, I realized that whole thing of like, let's have a child because it's going to strengthen our relationship. It's just in my experience, not going to happen. Like kids just are like these little magnifying glasses. I thought you were going to say maggots. (laughs) Maggots and magnifying glasses on every weakness of your relationship, I think.
0: Yes. And I feel like I need to put a little clause (laughs) in for myself because I do love my husband. I love 99.9% 99.9% of you. That's him. a fucking
1: lie. Yeah, uh, but there <laughs> are going to be a tough. lot of
0: things that I might say that are going to make you think, oh, well, shit. But the truth is like you can love someone so much but also
1: they can piss you off all the time so let's get started let's but also Nick and Nick maybe now is a good time to tune out oh don't worry he never tuned in babe. yeah yeah or maybe it's a good time to tune in and you can really learn the things (laughs) that are grinding our gears do you want to maybe to get started like if there's people that are new to the podcast or maybe don't know much about your relationship give us a little synopsis Jade of your relationship oh my god how long do you have you've got two minutes okay
0: so we have been together for nearly 13 years. We had no children for five of those years. And then we have had children ever since. We have three children and the dynamic of our relationship has been a mild roller coaster. It has not been one of those epic, you know, Joker rides where it's highs and lows, but it has just gone a few loop de loops. <laughs> <laughs> And so is mummy. Got a bit (laughs) loop-de-loop. And um, we have really channeled and done our best to navigate through this relationship parenting, I guess, balance. And right now I'm like wanting to literally just go berserk at him. Like this is where I'm at, but it's just really interesting because even though I know that deep down, there is so much love and like I don't know respect and I guess there's so many elements that I love about him that they outweigh these annoying shitty crappy things that happen so and what
1: are you wanting to go berserk on at the moment
0: oh he's just really pissing me off he's just frustrating like it's school holidays and I find and someone wrote this in as well and I completely agree there's something that men and I don't know not all fathers do it but particularly my husband, he revs my children up mm. and it's so unnecessary and it mm. makes them have tantrums and it makes them have a meltdown and I'm just standing there going, we could have avoided all of that. Mm. Like all of that could have been avoided if you just didn't open
1: your mouth like, sometimes or you didn't, didn't feel pat like- her head five times. She didn't yeah. fucking want it done once. Don't do it again. It's like we chose not to have a fourth child, so stop being a fourth child. Yeah. But
0: that's what he's doing and its it, I see it so much that I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to have steam out of my fucking ears. Yeah.
1: But anyway, what about you? You've got two minutes. Tell me. Okay. So Nick and I met when we were 20. We got married when we were about 25. He was one of those people that I had just come out of a relationship two weeks before we got together. And he was one of those real relationships where I did not want to meet someone, Mm. but we couldn't deny What we had, like I was like, I'm not ready to date. I'm not ready to get into another relationship, but we just couldn't not. And we were living together within a few months. Like we've always been very, I would say I'm more codependent than he is, but like we've always spent a lot of time together, which is amazing, but then also obviously has its cons. He was never that fussed on getting married. He would have literally put a child in me. (laughs) from day dot if I'd let him. Um, But because we were so young, I was like, oh, why don't we just get married first? Have a party before we have kids. Let's do that. Not because of traditions or religion or anything like that. And we got married. And then, yeah, we've had three pregnancies, two children since then. And yeah, he's it's a funny one. And I'm sure we'll get into this. We are so different and i think nick and i and i think people when they first meet us think we're quite similar people often think i'm a lot more relaxed and chilled than i actually am jade knows i'm not necessarily (laughs) relaxed and chilled but he has been described by people before as a walking valium and that is great because he has a really calming nature about him but fuck it is so annoying Like I'm a let's get shit done, Mm. which is bad at times because sometimes we should just rest and relax, and not everything has to be about being productive. So yeah, we're we're a funny. It's a perfect mix, isn't it? You've got perfect at times and not perfect yeah. at other times. And, and we'll get into love languages and that kind of thing, but he's super affectionate. And I'm not particularly affectionate. He's a lot more sensitive than I am. Um, yeah. So it should be Woo. interesting, but I would say, I would say like generally we have a really good relationship. And I also think it's going to be quite interesting because you and I have such different relationships, mm. like you and Nick are. You know, like you yell and fight, but it can be productive at times. Whereas Nick and I, we don't yell. We don't, we have disagreements. We do not fight like that. Like Nick would find it really disrespectful if I raised my voice to him and but he would never do that to me. So it was so funny yeah. when we first started spending so much time together. I would be in the middle of yours and Nick's fights and I would be trying to like placate it and come up with a solution and stop you guys from fighting and I remember once you turned to me and you were like Sophie it's fine like we're not breaking up over this this is just how we communicate and,
0: and it was funny because you I remember coming outside like after arguing about something and this is how we are like we
1: we have many arguments all the can time can I add something in yes. really fast we both have husbands called Nick from here on out Jade is going to be calling her Nick Harry because yes. that's his nickname and Sophie's husband will continue as Nick yes. from here on out yes. continue <laughs> okay so
0: it's really funny because when I was arguing with Harry and this is what we do we have these little time anyone that knows us this is you know if there is an issue we don't hide it it'll just be straight out like we just address it and then it goes away I think the the beauty of our relationship is when we do have these arguments we have understood where I know that he is going to come to a level of playfulness and he is he smooths me over and that is just how we work. So I could stay in that for a very long time. The angry phase. The angry phase, yeah. but he butters me up every yeah. time and then it is playful and then I get over it because yeah. I'm like, ah, whatever. Yeah. So that's how we are. But when people walk into our relationship that don't know us and don't understand and then I'll, I'll say something and then he'll say something back. Like you did, you were like, oh, go and give him a cuddle. And I was like, What? why and you're like because he's sad i'm like fuck him he's fine he's (laughs) so fine what about me anyway it's just really interesting the dynamic Di- dynamic, dynamic, <laughs> dynamic of
1: everyone's relationships yeah. because everyone is so different. Yeah, and let's also preface this with: in no way, shape, or form are we experts <laughs> on relationships whatsoever. You know, so many questions came in, and I think it's an area that, especially on social media, you see people having a baby, and it's constantly like, Smiles. I've never loved my partner as oh. much as I love them now, and I truly believe that, especially when they're newborns. There are times where you just go, oh, my gosh. You know, seeing when Poppy was born, seeing Poppy in Nick's arms for the first time will go down as, like, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I think you're going to cry. But I've got full-blown goosebumps right now. Look at that. But you will never be as fucking annoyed at them, resentful, all unfortunately the negative feelings of relationships as well. So I think we need to put that out there that it's like everything you see on social media is not real, so let's get down to some of like, Let's we, get so, down to business. Let's get down to business. But we got so many questions in, so let's just Bust get them out. started. So one of them was, do you think it is
0: normal for a relationship to change going from being a couple to parents overnight?
1: I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's so much put on- it's the same as what's put on mothers themselves. You know, it's like this reluctance to change and I think it's important to keep part of yourself, but it is inevitable that when you become a mother, you are going to change. You have an entire new human in this world you know people describe it as your heart literally outside of your body like you have to expect change and as parents you have to expect change and I think that they don't all those changes don't have to be negative Mm. and you don't have to lose what you love about yourself as a partnership but it is inevitable that things will change and I think the more you try and almost work against those changes the harder it will be. I feel like if you accept those changes, take them on and go, okay, well how can we work through these changes but still manage to keep the core of us, I feel like that's when your relationship can really thrive. But saying that as well, you know, if you're saying
0: overnight of having a baby like everything takes time it's like when you formed a relationship at the start that took time that took time to develop and understand each other's methods and ways of thinking and ways of arguing and then you have a child and you do absolutely as soon as that child comes out of any hole of you or (laughs) stomach wherever it may come from it changes you because it's almost like you have a job like the most important job you've ever, ever had and that prioritises your whole mind. Mm. And then that person that was that main person has shifted just down a level because they have to, because Mm. they are able to function on their own without Mm. you. And then you've got
1: this one that you both have to look after. And it's a constant, like, A process of reassessing like I love the newborn stage so I as much as I did say yes it changes overnight you change overnight your partner changes overnight your relationship changes overnight I didn't find the most glaring changes in those newborn days because I was like they sleep a lot you're like you know you're often acting as such a team it can be quite like this beautiful Mm. blissful not for everyone but it can be this blissful bubble you know I think that's been one of the major Major changes in having a second baby is all of a sudden there's a whole another, hum- you know, you're already a parent beforehand. You're already looking after a child beforehand, but it's that whole extra person to look after where your partner kind of just goes down another peg again. I've found major changes since having Goldie more so than when I had one child. I'll tell you where mine changed. Mine changed with Mia
0: I was giving birth to her and it started with the nurse while I was, I ended up having to have a um, epidural because I had a posterior birth. The nurse, sorry, an episiotomy and an epidural. Yeah. But yeah, I was, so I had the epidural, right? So for I was calm for a little bit because I couldn't feel anything. And I just looked over my feet and I could see, The nurse dressing up my husband (laughs) with rubber gloves on his head. Like this is what I was looking at. And I was like, I'm here and I've been in a world of pain and you fuckers are over there playing a game. Like, And then he came over and took a photo of me with him and I cried. I actually burst into tears and I said, I feel... So vulnerable right now, mm. this is not a funny time for mm-hmm. me. Like I'm really in a lot of pain mm. and there's a lot going on. Mm. Can you please respect me? And as soon as he realized and I spoke to him and he was like, "Holy shit, I'm so sorry. Like that is just so stupid. Yeah. anyway, then, as soon as the baby came out, he had to go, my parents had to go because I was I think I was in a private public, royal women's private public. Okay. public. it is public. I was in a public hospital. Um, and it was an eleven eleven o'clock at night. So I, like, all of a sudden had to just, and I was numb still, I just picked this child up, like, with a scruff of her, like, <laughs> like blanket, that, that coloured rainbow blanket, yeah. and just picked her up and put her over to my chest. And I just sat there and I was like, fuck me, this is different. Like, this is a whole new world. And then after that, yeah, mum mode, mum tiger mode just sets in. yeah. It does. It just, there's a whole new element to me. Yeah. It's like, welcome to hell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With a little bit of heaven. Oh, there's so much heaven, but yeah. How do you get back to what you once had and is that even possible? No, I don't
0: think that's possible because you have just started a new journey with children, and you will never, ever, ever be how you were as two people that had no responsibilities mm. and no. Dependence. I think back to
1: before having kids, and I'm like, "What did we do with our time? Like, sure, both working full time, whatever. Of course, that's what you do with your time. But I'm like, so if you're home from work, at I know. Like six, what did you do? I'm like, what did we do till bedtime, and what did we do when we woke up in the morning? Before, I mean, we had a lot more sex, that's for sure. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We've got a whole section on sex later. We're keeping that at the end right so that if our parents and end. in-laws are listening, yeah, hopefully switch they've switched off before the end. But I don't think that it's a necessarily a bad thing that you're not going to go back you to. It's on it. your chin. Oh, no, I've got a little spit go <laughs> You really went, yeah. Um, I'm getting passionate. <laughs> get um, I I don't think that it's it's a bad thing that you're never going to go back to what you had before. Like I look back and I'm like, I feel like at that stage I never truly knew what love was, you know, yeah. and I never felt for Nick the way that I can feel for him at some times now. So I don't think it's all gloom and doom that you're not going to go back to what that is. But I think it would be naive to think that even when you're empty nesters, your relationship is going to be what it was before you had kids. 100%. I think that you you need to, instead of waiting for that to happen, I think you need to work on this new relationship. I remember being 38 weeks pregnant and I was just about to give
0: birth. And I laid there watching all the one born every minute. Mm. And I remember saying to my husband, I'm so bored. I cannot believe that was like the last time I said, I'm so bored. And this is the other thing with parenting. So as soon as you have a child, mentally you are always does not mean if you are trying to or not you are subliminally always or subconsciously always thinking and worrying about somebody for the rest of your life Mm. and this is not like wow a contraception for people to like listen to this and not have i feel like most people are listening to this it's too too late you all have kids and you're all in this with us but yeah i just feel like as soon as that happens you can never switch off so i just feel that Even when you are having quiet time or you get that random hour to yourself, you're not really just soaking in that show that you're watching. You're thinking of like all the other things or then what everyone says on Instagram, you go to bed and you start scrolling photos of your children because Mm. you miss them at night. Like this is what we do. It's Mm. just it's so lovely to
1: love someone and have that, but But it's it's also exhausting exhausting mentally. And it is. It's just a different type of love. Like when my husband's away from me, I don't scroll through pictures and I'm like, oh, but look at his little smile here. (laughs) And look, like it's just such a different type of love. I think you realise that, like, I love my husband so, so, so much. It is not unconditional. There are things my husband's could, my my husband's. Wow, she's got more than one. There are things that my husband can do. That would make me leave his ass. It's not unconditional. No. Do you agree? 100%. But I think when you're getting married, you're like, I vow to be with you through everything. And it's like now I'm like, I do not vow to be with you if you royally fuck
0: up. If you piss off. Yeah, if you piss me off, I'm out. I'm
1: done. (laughs) The amount of threats I've
0: given. So someone actually wrote in, we don't know how to be partners or a team anymore. We just sound like angry flatmates and I can't seem to get out of mum mode. So let's talk about mum mode and the primal instincts that seems to take over in the first few weeks, if not months, of parenthood and motherhood because I feel like you do, and this is what I was saying before, we have this like it's almost like this overwhelming feeling of yeah, it's a primal state. This is where you say to your partner, you're not doing it right. Or no, let me do it. I'll just do it. And you start being a little bit more controlling. And I'm not saying everyone is, but I did with the first child. I was like, oh no, I've got it all down pat. I've read the books. I've done this. Like I should know. It's not. Everyone has their own way of parenting and especially especially dads, like they didn't give birth and they didn't carry the child and we can't blame them for that, even though we sometimes do. But at the end of the day, they are able and they should be able to have their own way of parenting. It may not be anything like the way that you parent, it's their choice and it's their way. And that's okay. Yeah. And you need to appreciate and respect each other's parenting types. And I think you
1: can really ride that primal mum mode thing. I don't I like it it's in so many of us mm. for a reason. And it's it's to get through those first few months that are just a crazy, crazy time. But I think that so often partners can feel so helpless in those first few months. And I think that's what so often ends Mm. up with those feelings of feeling like roommates is because they're suddenly lost in their new role. They Mm. don't know where they fit in, in their own home. So I think that relinquishing some of that power and that control over the baby is so helpful for you mentally for your relationship and for your partner to feel like they do have some form of role in the home yeah agreed how do we navigate our expectations and someone said for example how much is too much to ask of your partner after a day at work
0: Ah, expectations. (laughs) Our most love to hate word on the (laughs) potty. Look, obviously this is each to their own. I have had a huge lesson of learning my way of dealing with people and relationships over the past few years. And I guess for me now where I'm at is you need to understand where your max capacity is. So for me, I know now the amount I can do in a day. And if I can't do any more than that, then I have to, and this is just how I am. Then I say to my husband, you need to do this, this, and this. So some people probably may not even fill their cup right up and then explode and then ask for help. Some people might just say, you know, I'm going to fill my cup a quarter of the way full and then I'm going to ask for help. Realistically, that would be more beneficial for me because I wouldn't explode and we probably wouldn't have these arguments that we were talking about at the start because I would have already expressed it. So communication is absolute key when it comes to my relationship. If I do not communicate and I just keep on going, then I start getting in this foul mood because I'm like, I'm cleaning, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then I get so exhausted that I just fall apart. If I actually say to my husband, hey, this is what I've got on today. What have you got on today? I need help doing this, this and this. Where can you help me out? And he will pick parts and he will do that. But it's like retraining my mind to wake up every morning and say, I have to think like this for us to communicate and work better because Mm. we've got three children and I can't afford to get into this rut every time Mm. and then everyone else fall apart. So it's almost like I have to teach myself
1: To be like that. So we are all working Mm. well. And I think in those early days, it's so easy to fall into the habit of being resentful when your partner leaves for work Mm. and has had the day at work. And I think once again, like I'm sure we'll come back to it so many times in this episode, that communication is everything. If your partner has never spent a prolonged amount of time with the baby on their own, they can't fully understand the toll that is. So you either have to show them by leaving the mm-hmm. baby with them for a while and for them to work out wow, it's not just about sitting here and watching them while they nap or you really need to explain what it's like. And you know, if you sit down and you explain it, that they are going to real I mean, it's bad if any of them fully think that all you do is sit around all day, but they just may not understand the gravity of what you do day in day out and having these conversations it may open them up to saying like I remember Nick he didn't feel resentment but he just wished when he went off to work that he could stay home and be with the Mm. baby so here I was dreaming of being able to get dressed up in the morning go out speak to adults come home you know like eat my lunch with two hands come home when I wanted and all Nick was doing at work was counting down the minutes to get home to us us so if you have those conversations you realize you know and that's what's led to us kind of working out a life where we both get to do both because neither of us want to miss out on being able to work and neither of us want to miss out on being with our children either so it is just all about communication and I think giving people a chance to kind of like turn off before you throw them straight into parenting so if your partner has had a commute on the way home then like they've probably had that chance to like decompress after work if they're working from home and literally like the second they come off a call you're like throwing the baby at them I feel like that's when it can get a bit narky because they haven't had a chance to like transition from one role to the other
0: yeah yeah no I agree but with that freaking word expectations, you've just got to lower them. And I'm not saying lower your standards of your husband and lower your standards of life. I'm saying lower what you you are expecting. Because as soon as you expect something and it doesn't happen, you're automatically going to be disappointed. Mm. So if you literally remove that thought and like don't expect him to come walking through the door with a bunch of flowers and he'll have dinner sorted and he's like gonna you know laugh and play with the kids expect him to come in really tired have a hard day expect him to go and have a shower and then when he comes out I guess a realistic expectation would be join us as a family then play with your kids like I just feel like you need to have a more realistic way of approaching parenthood because we all have to be mindful of one another and it goes both ways I'm not saying that we have to be all thinking of what they're doing they also have to think of the hard day that we've had Mm. even though that they haven't been in it at all Mm. but we have we've been sitting with and my husband's seen it like he used to work and do the nine till five thing and then come home after a hard day's labor and be really exhausted and now he does a lot of stay at home with the kids and mentally that is really draining because you don't have any stimulation with another adult. Mm. You are constantly dealing with tantrums and fighting an endless battle of everything. You are always cleaning, you are always feeding and you're just always doing something Mm. and you can't switch off. You can't even sit on your phone and emptily scroll if you Mm. wanted to because you're just always on. So I just think that if there is any way that you could have one day of, I'm not saying you all have to switch jobs, Mm. but to understand, even talk about what you do
1: at home Mm. every day to what they do. So Mm. you can try and understand mm. where everyone is and I think even if maybe if they're coming home from work you could maybe have the dialogue where you say okay bring when me you on. come home from work bring me one and maybe like one of the first things you can say when they come through the door is is there anything you need from me immediately so sometimes in those like newborn days you could have been trying to rock that baby to sleep for 40 minutes and there's no way that baby's going to go to sleep because you're so wound up you're so tense they're crying you're potentially crying all of this so like sometimes there are days where if your partner walked through the door and went and had a shower straight away you would just be like oh for fuck's sake Mm -hmm. come on come and help me so sometimes when things are under control you just go nah everything's sweet like you go decompress and then take over and I can have a bit of a rest or there's other days where you go no I need your help right now you need to rock the baby I need to Clear my head, yeah. And with arguments, and we'll get into this as well. But I
0: also feel like with arguments that there's so much tit for tat with parenting. Mm. I'm more tired than you, and I've done more than this. You haven't got up early, or I've done this. This is what we're doing. All that's happening here is both of you wanting to be understood mm. and respected and supported. So if I said, I'm so tired, instead of a retaliation of him saying, I'm so tired, like we're fucking having a competition. If he said, oh, I know you are, babe. Um, Is there anything I can do? You know what? Just saying that, mm. I don't need anything. But you have literally just cared enough mm. for me to just go, okay you understand how tired mm. I am
1: and if he said to me I'm heard yeah yeah you just all you want to do tit is, for be tat is never going to end well because everyone always thinks that they're more hard done by in their situation yeah, but, than the other person but that's
0: all it, but that's all it's doing so instead of and look this is so easy to talk about but I'm telling you like we've spent years of trying to master this yeah and I do I catch myself now where I'm like oh we're tit for tatting again I need to just go I totally understand what you're saying I get it mm. Mm. Is there anything I can do? Mm. And I bite my fucking tongue. But you know what? It works sometimes and then he does it back and mm. it's
1: practice. Mm. And practice makes perfect and that's how you have a baby. All right, we've got heaps of questions on back-to-work arguments. So how does the dynamic change when the partner goes back to work and you're home alone with the baby? Well, this is exactly what we
0: were saying before. Mm. So you like I I almost think it's like instinct that we both get out. Backs up about it. It's like, oh, you're going to work and you have this positive outcome, and I have this at home. And then he's looking at me, going, well, you get to stay home all day, and mm. I have to go out and work. It's mm. like, when are you happy?
1: Like when Mm. who's happier? It's just that seesaw effect. But I think instead of that, you can think of it as it's probably too soon and they don't want to go back to work and it's too soon and you don't want them to go back to work. But at the end of the day, like often financially work is required. And instead of making it a situation where it's like, oh, how dare you go back to work and how dare I stay home? It's like, oh, how much we'd both love to continue being at home looking after the baby. But that's not the reality of what we're in right now. You know, you You can be angry at a situation without being angry at the person. Mm, mm. Like channel that towards oh, what a nice time we've had together at home or how helpful we've both been for one another at home rather than it being like, fuck you for going back to work. I know. It's just so hard though because you
0: have, like, you know, we're all in crappy mood sometimes and then mm. that just escalates and then mm. that doesn't get
1: resolved and then you Can just I say like, when right. Poppy was born, my eldest, and Nick went back to work, I was so frightful. Like I was like, oh, my God, a whole day at home by myself, you know, with the baby. When Goldie was born, Nick's first day back at work, Poppy had daycare. I could not have waved those two out of the house fast enough I was like yes a day with just Goldie by myself it's so funny how your perception of the situation changes and I just oh I remember like so much bonding time was had because my attention was nowhere but on her yeah I loved it the second time round, and then I just remember comparing and being like wow like I must have grown so much in that time because the first time I was just so full of fear.
0: Now, this is a really good one. How do both partners and parents balance their mental and health needs plus baby and the relationship? Where is the time? And I want to know where the time is too because we juggle three kids, a business, we've got shit everywhere, then you've got the washing, the food, Then you've got yourself that you've got to throw in some sport because god forbid if you don't mentally you know like help yourself out and be physical somewhere and all the other elements and commitments that you have after school. There is so much going on constantly when you've got little ones but you have to prioritize yourself because if you and your partner are not well or you are not on top of your game everything else doesn't work. It just falls apart slowly and this is my relationship. If I am not keeping my mental health in check and i'm not physically feeling good then everything else starts to Mm. crumble and it's so important to prioritize like you can make excuses all you want I can't do this. I can't afford this. You know what? You can get a six week mental health plan from the doctor. There are so many options in Australia and we're very, very lucky to be able to have these services and opportunities to get help if you need them. And there is also a lot of ways that you can exercise, which makes your mental health feel a hell of a lot better. Even if you have your child and you, you, know, you can't get a babysitter or your partner's at work, you can go and push your pram somewhere. You can go out, you can exercise at Home. You can do yoga. You can do Pilates. There is always something you can do, and you have to fit it in. Give your child your phone. Give your child some chocolate or some really healthy snacks that they'll <laughs> eat for more than five minutes, and enjoy your time. Or my biggest advice: I get up at five thirty a.m. and I know that I have half an hour. If I get an hour, I'm stoked. But if I get half an hour to myself to have a coffee and just sit and stare not even at the tv on just sit there in silence and just wake up and get my brain going without children saying i'm hungry and i'm not even awake yet it really changes my day and i look this is not for the mothers that have just had a newborn child like i did not expect you guys to be waking up every two hours and feeding and then go okay i'm gonna get up at 5 30 and do this (laughs) Find your time. It might be when your partner comes home, and then at night, you're going to have that one hour to yourself when you know your baby's sleeping. You can have a nice soak in the bath and then maybe listen to some calming relaxation music. Wherever you can find your time in the day or night, just make sure that you can prioritize it. I even put it in my phone and I have it as a reminder. It pops up at eight o'clock at night. It says, If you can, have a a relaxing bath. Um, And then in the morning, it says, Wake up at 5 30 alarm goes off and nine times out of 10 I can do it and then there's other times where Mia will wake up and she'll join me which is even more beautiful for me because I don't have one-on-one time with my children all the time Mm. and that's special so yeah I just found that has really really helped being a parent and finding just one hour of my time to I don't know get a sense of self. But what about prioritising time with Harry? So then we have to prioritise. And this used to happen when we were at breaking point. So I remember Guy Sebastian actually saying on one of our episodes about when they were really like struggling and about to crumble, they'd go on a date and that's how they'd fix it. And I feel now that I have a really good balance of You know, I go out for a dinner or lunch with my girlfriends, which makes me feel good. I exercise, which makes me feel good. And then my husband and I will probably do, I don't know, every fortnight I'll say, I feel like we're not connecting or we feel disconnected or I miss you because I feel like we're just passing ships in the night and the day, like we're just so busy doing what we're doing Mm. that we need to have some sort of date night. I don't care what it is, let's go do it. It might even just be out having a fire, like just to have time together Mm. or in the bath just Mm. talking to each other with Mm. frogs running all over you. That's a different story. But, yeah, that's my way of
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest change when you have kids is your time together suddenly becomes so conscious, right? rather than it just naturally happening before you had kids. I feel like once you have kids, it is something that does require work, but not necessarily in a bad way. And yeah, Nick and I very much used to be, you know, wait until we're feeling disconnected and then we'll go on a date night. And look, we've just started a thing and I know it's a luxury and we can do it because you know, uh, our kids are like ever so slightly older, like three and one rather than having a newborn. We're trying to get a babysitter once a week. And even if it's just for two hours, so Mm -hmm. it's not like a huge investment, we found it helps so much because we can go, let's go get takeaway and sit on the beach for two hours. Let's go for a swim. Let's go and have a sauna together. Let's go, you know, little things like that, rather than it being, let's have a date night once every six weeks, but there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. on the date night. And how many times have you been on a date night? It gets to like seven o'clock. You've both finished eating. You're both yawning. Yeah. You're like, you're just like, I'm ready to go home now. But if we go home now, the babysitter is going to be like, what the hell are you doing here? Because we're doing it more frequently, but for shorter periods of time, there's no pressure on the date night itself. And what actually inspired me to do it was we'll be chatting to Kate soon, but one of the hosts of We Don't Have Time for This podcast, she said that um, when they were in the UK, they would get a babysitter once a week and it meant that they just knew that Mm. there was that time to connect. And then another thing that I find great is a shared calendar because then you can both put in what you've got on and then you both know where there's time for you guys, where there's time for you as a family, where there's time just for you as an individual and you know how one another's weeks are going to look.
0: That has been a game changer and I remember you telling me that because I needed a way of like more communication. My husband is a list man. He loves lists. So Mm. If it's there in black and white, it's like he can deal with it. He mm. can cope with it. And I'm the same. Like, as long as it's locked in and I can go, okay, what's happening today? Oh, it's all in there. And, you know, if as soon as I have something, an appointment, and he needs to pick up the kids from school, it's in there Mm. and then he can do that. The other thing that came in was how do you find a babysitter because a lot of people have family around and some people can't afford babysitters. I think someone was mentioning how they find one and
1: feel comfortable with a stranger looking after their child. Mm. Well, I think word of mouth is best and, yeah, I think that's like the best way to go and I think starting off with something small, like it's almost like, trial type thing, like get them to get there half an hour or an hour before you have to get somewhere and just say, oh, I'm just going to get ready while you're here. And then you can kind of see how they interact with your child. And if your children are old enough, I just flat out afterwards say to Poppy, like, how was your time? What did you do? Did you enjoy your time? Like the babysitter we have right now, Poppy loves, she asks like, you know, when that person is coming (laughs) over again and stuff like that, which is great. Like, I think you can, Obviously, if they're a baby, it's different because they can't tell you if they had a good time with them. But just I feel like you can get a vibe for how they Mm. interact around your child. And I think word of mouth is the best thing. Yeah. Another thing that I would say about prioritizing relationship is I think that I don't think there's anything like wrong with TV or anything like that, or like, you know, with being on your phone. But I think so often we go, we don't have time for our partners, but then, you know, if you look back on the amount of series you've watched in the past month, it's like, you know, I'm not guilting people for watching TV because you need switch off time too. But sometimes you just have to reallocate that time. Like this week, you know, that Nick and I were having some moments where we didn't feel as connected so we were like okay daylight savings has changed so the girls are going to bed earlier which is great why don't we just sit up and play Scrabble cute and then you know like you're still you don't necessarily have to talk the whole time and and that kind of thing but you're actually like having banter making eye contact it's not just like an hour and a half goes by and you're both sitting on the couch not talking double chins like scrolling your phone you know like I think just little things like that can really help without having to get like fully physical or pay for someone to look after your kids or pay to have an elaborate dinner yeah and you know you know is great you know it's great too monopoly can get a little bit fiery if your relationship is already a bit testy oh my god
0: harry and i we played monopoly with mia and billy like a few months ago and we we're competitive we're all competitive anyway the two girls like fell asleep And we kept playing and Mia had so much money and so many houses. She ended up winning in her sleep. It was hilarious but we didn't stop and we started arguing as we do and it was just the funnest little memory that I have because it was just something so small that ended up being so meaningful Yeah,
1: and, yeah, it didn't cost a thing. Yeah, and you don't get, I just don't think you get that by like munging on the couch. No.
0: All right, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk. Mom about and Dad, please turn off the, off the podcast. Let's <laughs> talk. Okay, what is the most common time frame that women start feeling intimate postpartum?
1: Sophie Oh I don't think there's any right or wrong I think that's so individual never. and I actually felt so different from Poppy to Goldie actually when I was pregnant with Poppy I was so sick that I had zero libido mm. whatsoever like I like everyone's like oh how do you navigate like having sex when you're pregnant I'm like I just don't. I reckon I probably had sex like five times in the whole pregnancy with Poppy, maybe even less. But actually after having Poppy, I think because in comparison to how I felt while pregnant, I felt so great. I actually had quite a big libido after having her, you know, obviously after everything had healed. But after Goldie, I really did not get that like, that urge or that no but like for it to be more than just like a servicing act (laughs) until until i got my period back which was 10 months
0: well that's hormonal isn't it yeah
1: totally i just had this absolute plateau the whole time where you know like because often during your cycle you like you know when you're ovulating because you're like oh all of a sudden yeah that actually sounds like a really great idea (laughs) you know whereas i was just kind of like indifferent to it the whole time like i could do it and i enjoyed it when i did it but it never was something that came up in my mind as like hey that would be a good idea of something to do until yeah 10 or so months after having Goldie what about you honestly it is each to their own I don't think you
0: even need to even think about having and worrying about sex because mentally I had thought when I had Mia and an episiotomy which is cut from the side of your butthole to your flap hole no it's not but anyway you know what I mean yeah and the thing is, I mentally was like, that is not okay in there. It took a long time. It took, you know, months for me to, you know, gear myself up to try and have a crack. And I think that you can do so, like, you you don't have to feel guilty for not having sex. You guys mm. have just had a baby. Like, there's a lot going on. But you can be, I don't know, there are, like... You can have, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I mean, like, you can have foreplay, you can have, you can do so many other things that you can get away with not
1: having sex with your partner, I think. Like, yeah, but I'm one of those <clears throat> people, if I'm not in the mood for sex, there is no way I'm in the mood for anything else. Oh, Whereas same. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day and she's like, oh, Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. She was like, oh, I didn't feel like having sex, so I gave him a handjob. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so much energy and effort. I would rather just have sex and get it over with.
0: Yeah. How do you get back into the sexual rhythm with your partner when you are not comfortable or confident within?
1: I think this is so, it communications everything mm. with that because I think you will be surprised at how incredible, beautiful, stunning your partner still finds you. And I think that maybe because they're not going through those postpartum body changes, they don't realise how all-consuming and, like, detrimental that can feel. And I'm I'm, I'm not saying it for value validation or anything like that but I know in times when I've felt like that I've brought it up with Nick and he's been like oh my gosh it's like no way you look amazing like I understand why you feel like that of course your body's been through changes but I think you're sexier than ever Mm. or like you know I remember the first time we had sex and I was like so like hesitant to be like oh my god did that like Feel the same as before having kids, and he's like, honestly, wouldn't have known. And I don't know if he was pulling my leg or not, but still, to this day, he tells me that he cannot feel the difference to what it was before. So I feel like so much is in our head, and our partner still loves us, respects us, probably finds our bodies even more incredible than before. So you know, it's about having that communication and then giving yourself some grace, remembering what you've been through, what your body's been, and also that
0: like the person that you're worried about. They've been with you through birth and they, you know, they love you. Well, you'd like to hope that they love Mm. you, but they're not like I look at my husband and yes, I'm lucky he's very good looking, but that is not why I get sometimes turned on by him because of the way he looks. It's because of the way he acts. Mm. So if he says to me, a compliment goes a long way, right? If he says, like, if I'm walking around the kitchen, which he always does this, like most mornings. He'll go, oh, you look really good in that. I'm wearing the ugliest effing bog Mm. catches you've ever seen. But he will always randomly throughout the day compliment me and that does give me a confidence boost
1: but I think part of that and I think it's so important is love languages I think before you have kids you can you've got all the time in the world to kind of like service your partner in the way that they like to be serviced and I don't mean just sexually I mean like you've got all the time in the world for compliments and acts of service and quality time and and affection so you kind of like can really easily tickle those boxes whereas all of a sudden I think Think once you have kids and that time is more limited it's so important to know one another's love languages mm. so that you can prioritize that so like Give us obviously an ex- an so for you mm-hmm. yours must be compliments or terms of endearment or whatever it is like yeah. you really love receiving love yes. in the way of compliments. Mm-hmm. So when Harry does that that is how you like to receive love and he probably likes to receive and show love in a in different blowjobs. way. So yeah so effect we'll call that affection. Okay. <laughs> so Nick, my husband, he loves to receive love in affection like that is like his friends joke that he has an overactive thyroid okay because he is not that the thyroid really has that much to do with it but he is good to go anytime day so whenever and i know everyone's like oh yeah that's just all men but like that is how he feels connection he doesn't see sex as just sex like mm. that is connection mm. for him and he kind of needs that to feel loved yeah. and not in a misogynistic way at all. That is like his connection, his bonding. Yeah. Whereas that's one of the lower things on my list. I don't prioritise that. I think I like acts of service. So like if I come out to the kitchen and Nick's clean the kitchen, like oh, taking the bins out, it's like, it's like put the wet floor out. Yes, like that is friend. my shit. Give me a high five. And, yeah. and, and quality time. So if someone really respects my time oh. and, 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 like, if Nick books dinner and books a babysitter without me, like, that is me just, like, fireworks firing. So I think that because your time is so much more limited, it's so much more worthwhile to put your energy into ways that they actually want to receive love. So I know now that, like, Nick doesn't care what the house looks like. So if I think that, like, I'm going to impress him by the house being spotless, like, I'm wasting my time. Like, I'm doing that for me. I'm not doing that for him or, like... When he walks you know, in, he doesn't, have sex with him. And when, when you walk in, have, have a clean, clean house, fucking house head, yes. and book me a date night. Like it's just, I think that, yeah, as your time gets more and more limited, you need to prioritize those things. And, and this is one of the few issues we face is how different our priority of mm-hmm. affection is. So I am like could have sex. Once a week and that would be so fine for me. And, look, I know the amount that everyone has sex postpartum is so different. Like I know that my husband and I actually have it a lot more than I think is the quote-unquote norm. Mm. But once would be fine for me, whereas Nick – would feel really disconnected if every week we were only having it once. So that is something that I have to be always conscious of. And, you know, so for example, if a moment were to arise, I could very easily go, you know what, there's no way I want to do that. I would much rather do A, B, or C. And every now and again, I have to think. What is A, B, and C? Like, I don't know, fold the laundry, sit down and read my book. Like, yeah. not do anything but sometimes I have to remember like you're not just doing it for him but you're like doing it for your relationship I don't know how to say it it's without really it sounding that- like no, I'm being I get pressured it. into sex no I'm not he's not like a dick about no, it no you're
0: not but, but it's, it's it's women are more mentally focused and I feel like emotionally like you have to be in the headspace and I'm not saying all women are like this because I've got friends that just are like nymphs yes but for me, and it sounds like for you as well, when I have everything that I want to have done ticked off, then I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. I'm relaxed. I'm feeling good. But if that kitchen is messy and there's stuff I need to do, and maybe this is something that I need to learn, or maybe it's something that he needs to learn that if he does that, it's going to get him faster in bed.
1: Yeah. But I think it's also that thing of like, will your to-do list ever be ticked off? And this is what I'm trying to learn is that I do. I put it at the bottom of the pile, but there's no way that the list is ever going to be hundred percent checked off. So I can't put it down there because it'll never happen. And you know, it's so, it's so funny. You- so it's so funny how different we are because if I, I have to be like psychologically in the yes. mood. If I'm stressed, I don't feel like it. If I'm tired, I yes. don't feel like it. Whereas Nick's like, if I'm stressed, you that is what I would like to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing about it? It's just an ongoing process where I actively need to prioritize it more and he actively Is decreasing his expectations of it. And it's one of those things that coming back to the podcast I was talking to about before, we don't have time for this. They talked about postpartum sex on it and they did a poll on their Instagram. And the most common response from postpartum people or people with children, I shall say, maybe not in that actual postpartum period was having sex about once a month. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I was like, look, like, we're doing great type thing. And not that it's a competition at all, but he, his response was, I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing. This is how I feel connection within our relationship. Mm. But I was like, yeah, but I just wanted to remind you that, like, other people are struggling to find time for it too. And we are. We all
0: are. Yeah. And it is just, if it is important to both of you, then you've, or one of you, then you have to find time yeah. and make a way to make it work. Yeah. And,
1: and that's such a good way of putting it. It's not that I feel pressured into doing it, but I would hope that he risks re- things that I, put an emphasis on, I would hope that he respected that enough to help me with Mm. those things. So I guess if he puts an emphasis on that, then I respect him enough to do that too. And it's funny because we have these discussions where I'm like, I don't want you to come home at like lunchtime when the girls are napping and for it to be like a, (laughs) you know, like I was like, that's offensive that you come in and then you leave. And he's like, see, to me that's like the highest form of flattery.
0: Do you know do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a different mentality. Yeah. And, and it's
1: just a different importance that we put on it. Yep. Yeah.
0: And I think for us as mothers as well, well, for a lot of us, it does decrease when you do have children because you're just prioritizing something else above that. And you are tired and when you're tired you you just can't mentally switch Mm. on and I feel like we have to be mentally switched Mm. on to enjoy it. Mm. And so that's that circle that you just keep, it's like a little mouse going around in a little truck. I I think
1: it's one of those things I've never... With my husband, regretted it. Like, yeah. I've never. I'm glad you said that. Well, like, as in, I'm not going to say that, n- like, no one should ever have regretted sex because, of course, people are going mm. to have had sex that they regret in their lifetime. But I'm just saying that, like, I think it's sometimes like a, like a workout. Like, you're never going to regret a good workout. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you do feel great yeah. afterwards. And I feel like I, I always think to myself, like. It's only going to go I for should, 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. T- I should do that 10 <laughs> second thing more often. <laughs> Give him some credit. It's at least two minutes. Oh, good on you, Nicky boy. What do you say when Harry constantly wants to have sex, get jiggy, and you have zero libido? I just say get off
0: me. Yeah, and everyone has the right to say that. But he has never pressured me. So we've never had that conversation. Like I know that that obviously is his love language, Mm. but he would never pressure me to do that because he can sort himself out if he needs to. So that's what he does. Mm. And I can keep on going with all my shitty chores or whatever I'm, I've got going on. I'm starting to think that all I fucking do is clean and just do <laughs> shitty stuff and I'm not doing anything fun. Maybe I should go out and have sex. Hang on, I'll be back. <laughs> no, um, I do want to
1: say I am not pressured. I, his Nick is very no, respectful.
0: No, okay, you, don't, don't <laughs> you don't come across as pressured at all.
1: And the I, thing is like when I say you can just take care of yourself, he's like, I don't want to do it just to have that end result. I want to do it because I want to have the connection with you yeah so So I'm not being uh, yeah there's no pressure no 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 it's very
0: respectful I just think that when he wants to I used to feel at the start a little bit guilty because I was like my time is so full of children and then by the time they're all in bed the last thing I want to do is that because you do like I have to mentally be into it and I have to you know I'm like oh, it's going to be like, you know, a certain amount of time to just get into the mood and then i have going to do this time. and that and that. And I'm just like, by the time that's happened, I can't even watch Netflix and I'm just over it. <laughs> so then I prioritise something else because I'm like, no, I'd rather have a cup of tea, chocolate and watch Netflix mm. and that's it.
1: Does sex feel different for you? We've already touched on the partner, but for you mm. after a vaginal birth?
0: I think so. And I think it's more mental. Like, I think that mentally, I feel that it should feel different because I've given birth to bowling ball heads. Like, how can it not feel different? But it's not like, oh, are
1: you in yet? Like, it's not It's not like throwing a sausage no, down a hallway.
0: No, but I think that when, especially for the first time, you come back after postpartum and you go and have sex with your partner. Oh, it's so
1: nerve wracking. It's like do your you feel first like, poo. yeah,
0: and you're like, oh, my God, are you going to, like, know that you're even in there? Am I going to know? Like, what is what is actually going to happen? And it is a really awkward time and pretty much it's, like, your first time. You're not really into it. You're just hoping for the best. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. And then I think with the um, vaginal birth, I mean, everyone has different. Oh, yeah, I guess it depends fatalities. how your
1: vaginal birth went.
0: But you know what? I'm going to say yes, it is a little bit different.
1: But it, it's not as different as I expected. No. And, yeah, as I said, Nick still stands to this day that it hasn't Same. changed for him. Yeah,
0: that's what Harry yeah. says as well. He's like, no, nah, it's absolutely no different. And I'm like, eh, eh, eh. okay, cool, yeah, <laughs> I agree.
1: Um, Correct answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, do we feel like that's enough about talking about our sex Yeah, I think we're so getting publicly. really quite deep that it's going to get
0: to a point where people are like, wow, you're going to have to start rating this shit up. Subscribe to our OnlyFans
1: to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, we hope that was good. I feel like not enough people talk about the ups and downs of relationships after having kids. I mean, I think that we're both incredibly lucky to be in very loving relationships. But, yeah, none of them are perfect and they all drive us mad. Someone sent in a comment saying we laughed very hard at this one never wanted to smother my partner with a pillow more than postpartum and doesn't that just sum it up nicely it is a hilarious yet normal thought ladies don't actually do it though Oh, well, you can
0: <laughs> see ya bye thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump if you enjoyed it please
1: subscribe and give us a review if you didn't good on ya